0: Well, let me just open up with a scripture. I want to encourage you today. I believe this word is a revelation that if we put to practice, it's going to literally change the rest of your life. You don't have to go back. You don't have to stay down. You can go up and you can go forward in the Lord. And the Lord says in Psalms 150, you probably know it really well, that we are to praise the Lord, that we're to praise God in the sanctuary. We're gathered together right now. We are to What? Praise the Lord. We're to praise Him in His mighty firmament. If we're under the heavens today, and we are, we should do what? Praise Praise Him for His mighty acts, and praise Him according to His excellent greatness, and praise Him with the sound of the trumpet, and praise Him with the lute and the harp, and praise Him with the timbrel and the dance, and praise Him with the stringed instruments and flutes, and praise Him with the loud cymbals, and praise Him with the clashing cymbals. He said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, that we would be a people that praise the Lord. He is worthy. He is worthy. Amen. We've been uh, setting a series on the glory of the Lord. The Lord said, I want you to talk about my glory. I want you to share about my glory. I want you to preach about my glory. But I don't want you to touch my glory. I want you to keep your fingerprints off of it because we ascribe all the glory and the honor and the praise to Him who sits on the throne. Amen not to ourselves. In Habakkuk 2 and 14, the Scripture says, for the earth will be filled. This is a prophetic word that I believe you and I can be a part of. It's fulfillment today. It says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. He, the, declaring prophetically uh, back in Habakkuk, he was saying, by the Spirit of God, the day is coming that the earth is going to be filled the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And I believe that you and I participating in what we're doing right now, that we are doing our part to bring forth the knowledge of the glory of the Lord that will cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. Amen? So this series on the glory of the Lord is not just a study. It's not just biblical uh, uh, training. It's not just discipleship. But this is for equipping us to step out of these doors and be the church in this earth so that the glory of the Lord in us, flowing through us, which is the manifest presence of God, will change the environment we live in and bring forth the usherance of heaven on earth. Amen? Amen? Father, we just thank You for Your Word. We thank You for our study together. We thank You for You, the author of Your Word, Holy Spirit. You are here We welcome you. You're an author. You're a best-selling author. And you're here in our presence and you're here to, to bring understanding and illumination. We just pray, God, that you would cause our faith to rise. As we study your word, let our faith arise, Lord God, that we might go forth in the pleasure of the Lord in this week. Lord, we pray that your will would be done in our lives, on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Turn to Joshua chapter 4. I'd like for us to look at uh, a story in Joshua chapter 4 that when I got this uh, understanding, the Lord showed me this insight, it changed everything for me. And I pray it will do the same for you. Here in Joshua chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priests' feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight." Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribe of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded, and they took up the twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to place them where they lodged, and they laid them down there." Now look at verse 9. Rather, rather odd, verse 9. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan. Now God never told him to do this. He told him to take the stones out of the Jordan and put them in the place they would lodge. But he's going another step and he's having them now take up 12 stones and set them up in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And look at what God tells us. And they are there to this day. They are there to this day. Wow. Here's the story of the Israelites coming out of 40 years of wandering through the wilderness. Their disobedience and lack of faith had caused them when the 12 spies went in from Kadesh Barnea, there south of the Dead Sea, 40 years prior. Joshua and Caleb were with the 12 spies. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do what God said we can do. We can go into the promised land. Ten of the spies said, we cannot. We are but giants in the eyes of uh, we're but grasshoppers in the eyes of the giants in this land, and we're afraid. And uh, because of that, their report, uh, the faith left out of the people of Israel, and they said, we can't do this, and God had them wander in the wilderness for 40 years and, until that generation died off. But Joshua and Caleb, who believed, are now allowed, after Moses' death, to go into the promised land with a new generation. And with this new generation going in, Joshua's been called by God to take the place after Moses and to lead the children of Israel. They come to the Jordan. It is flood season. The Jordan has flooded over its banks. If any of you have ever watched any film or footage or been a part of a flooding, it is a very dangerous, treacherous time. Things are being destroyed. Things people have built their whole life have been washed away. Trees are going, it is just a very, very dangerous time. The, the currents of the water can take you uh, and, and cause many drowning and death and destruction that comes in a time of flooding. So it was during the time of flooding that they're to cross over, and the Bible says that the glory of the Lord cut off the flood waters. That the treacherous floodwaters and the problem that they were causing, and the danger that they were causing, and the inconvenience that they had caused, the glory of the Lord cut them off. And I said in the first service, and I say it to you, I believe a prophetic word for this house that God has given us that He, the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that He is saying to you, there are some things that have been holding you back, there are some things that have been keeping you out of your destiny. There are some things that have looked treacherous. There's things that have looked confusing. There's things that look out of order. But the glory of the Lord is going to cut them off so that you can cross over into the promises of God. Hallelujah. That the glory of God is going to cut it off, hold it back, so that you can pass through. I want you today to see that thing. Go ahead and picture it. That thing that's been holding you back that thing that has been causing you pain, that thing that has been discouraging you, that thing that has been standing between you and the promises of God, I want you to see it right now by the glory of God cutting it off. That that thing that said no, I want you to see it being cut off. That thing that stood in your way, cut off. That thing that has tried to intimidate you, cut off. That thing that has laughed at you and cursed you and done everything it can to hold you back. I want you to see the glory of God moving in and doing what no man can do and cutting it off for you. Hallelujah. For we see that the glory of God cuts some things off. The floodwaters were cut off and they were able to cross over on dry land into the promised land that God had promised for them. And God tells Joshua, "I want you to have one man from each tribe of the twelve tribes take up a stone out of the Jordan River that has now been that that flood's been cut off. Go down into the valley of the river when you're crossing over. Each man that represents a tribe of the twelve tribes take a stone on his shoulder and carry that and build an altar, build a memorial in the camp." So they did now remember the Red Sea generation did not build an altar to God remember they did build an altar of a golden calf but it wasn't to God right what you go through will determine where you get to and what you leave behind will determine what you receive ahead the generation that built the golden calf altar was the generation that did not go ahead into the promised land but now we have them building an altar and there they are going through to get to what God has for them and leaving behind this altar to determine what they're going to receive ahead. Hallelujah. So now they uh, ask the question, if the, if the children were to ask the question, what are these stones? What happened here? God says, this is why I'm having you build this memorial. That when they ask what happened here, that you will tell the children that this is the demonstration and the reminder of the authentic power and intervention of God, where God came and cut off the flood waters and had us bring in the pres- his presence, the Ark of the Covenant, and the people of God into this promised land. This memorial will help us tell our children that the authentic blessings and favor of God are with us. That this is a sign that the God of heaven intervenes in the affairs of man. Hallelujah. I believe it's time that we too usher in a new season. A season where our kids are not asking us, Daddy, Daddy, why are you so mad at Mommy? Or Daddy, Daddy, uh, what's wrong with you? Are you drunk or are you high? Or Mommy, Mommy, where did you sleep last night? I believe it's time that we usher in a season where our kids ask, why are we so blessed and highly favored? That our kids will ask, why are we so full of joy and peace and power? And we can tell them that God made a way where there seemed to be no way. That He is a God who so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would put their faith in Him, then He would give them eternal life. That God is a loving God who stepped out of heaven into this earth and made a way. Jesus is our way maker. Hallelujah. We need to leave something behind to provoke our children to ask how in the world did we get here? When I hear Christians poor mouth and when I hear Christians whine and when I hear Christians have the victim mentality and when I hear Christians they don't talk about that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or, or that we're more than overcomers or we're more than conquerors through him or that we are the head and the tail and not not beneath and and, and above and, and I'm just saying when I hear the opposite said, I'm like, what are we leaving for our kids? To be a Christian is to be defeated. To be a Christian is to be miserable. To be a Christian is to be poor. To be a Christian is to be, uh, unheard. To be a Christian is just, is, is not a good place to be. That is not the Christianity of the New Testament when we see a conquering, overcoming, spirit-filled church that is turning the world upside down and causing people to run to Christ rather than run from Christ, I believe that we truly need to leave something behind that will cause our children to rise up and say, the God of my mom and the God of my dad is the God whom I'm going to serve because if God be for you, who can be against you? We have a responsibility to the next generation that is coming up behind us. That we can tell them, Son, listen to me. Daughter, listen to me. When the devil said no, and when Pharaoh said no, and when Herod said no, and when Darius said no, and when Nebuchadnezzar said no, and everyone seemingly said no, Jesus said yes. Jesus said yes. Hallelujah. Does anybody in here know what I'm talking about on this Sunday morning? Amen. Amen. I want us to live our lives where we praise God in such a way that we live our lives making a, a demonstration just through our lifestyle that causes people to say, Man, they are in touch with God. God. This God thing's a real thing because I see it in Him or I see it in her. Come on now. Say, I want to live that way. That our lives become a living demonstration of the presence of God. The glory of God is the manifest presence of God. We need the manifest presence of God uh, flowing in us and through us. Amen. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Grieve not the Spirit of God. Which means we have the ability that we can grieve God. The ability we can quench what the Holy Spirit does. I want us to be a living epistle. I want us to be a living example of the goodness and the favor and the power and the holiness and the righteousness of our God. Hallelujah. Did you know according to some, we're not even supposed to be here today. There was this one knucklehead, uh, Vladimir Lenin. He prophelied. That's a word I like to use. He (laughs) prophelied. 1917 in st. Petersburg Russia he said that by the year 2000 how many years ago has that been now 17 right going on 18 by the year 2000 there would be no more Christians he prophesied. he thought he had great power but he did not even know the great power of our God hallelujah there was another one Adolf Hitler remember that knucklehead uh, 1939 in Edinburgh, Germany said that the Third Reich would last a thousand years. Little did he know. And it would be more powerful than any religion. And that it would have more followers than Jesus Christ. Wow. And then there was another group of knuckleheads. One of their spokesmen was John Lennon of the Beatles. Oh, some of you said, Pastor, you're getting on my feet now. Got to tell the truth. Got to tell the truth. John, John Lennon uh, said that Christianity will go, it will vanish, and, and it will shrink. He said, I know I'm right, and I will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus now. He said that in 1966. Propheline. They all said we're not supposed to be here. But guess what? Here we are in Chesapeake, Virginia in 2017, and Lenin is dead, and Hitler is dead, and the Beatles are gone, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is still alive, it's still growing, it's still powerful, it's still advancing, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Hallelujah. You need to shout about this today. You need to shout it out loud. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Go ahead and say it. As far as me and my house, We're going to serve the Lord. Say it again. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. See, we can't depend on our state legislation to do it. We can't wait on the federal government to do it. We can't put our trust in man. We can't put our trust in a party. We can't put our trust in a government. We can't put our trust in a movement. But we the church, the living body of Christ here on earth, we must rise up. We must take off our grave clothes. We must take off our religious facades. We must take off our compromising politics and our societal uh, norms. And you know what? We need to know that we're not a black church and we're not a white church and we're not a Latino church and we're not an Asian church, but we are the kingdom of God uh, and we are to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, And we must leave such a landscape, a altering move of God that our our children will be affected by it for generations to come. Yeah. Hallelujah. So they built the altar. These memorial stones. We can take that one down. Enough of that. Enough of that. Take them down. They prop a line. Yeah. <laughs> So they built an altar. These memorial stones on the land. But in verse 9, as I pointed out earlier, Joshua carries it further and he builds an altar in the riverbed in the valley of the river on the dry ground where they crossed over. Now, I don't know about you, but when I study the Word of God and the Spirit of the Lord shows me something, I'm going to, I want to know. And I know He's going to lead me into all truth, so I, I study and I listen to what the Spirit of the Lord shows me. And, and in this, the Lord began to speak to me that God gave the reason as to why they were to build this altar on the land as a memorial. He builds an altar to be seen so that the children would ask what does this represent and they could tell them about God and His power and His glory. But here Joshua is building an altar extra to what God asked which shows the free will of man which when you hear what it's about you'll understand why it needed to be the free will rather than the instruction of God. And he puts it in a place where it will not be seen. Because as soon as the waters are released by the glory of God, the waters are going to fill back that valley riverbed, and that altar will be covered with water. It will be covered in such a way never to be seen again. But now, note what the Bible says in verse 9 that this altar that Joshua had built out of free will in the riverbed, God says it is there, it stands there even to this day even to this day the one that got the public exposure the one that no one no, didn't get any public exposure the one that no one could see the one that was built in a dry valley bed when the waters were parted uh, and that dry place is the one that lasted that's the one that lasted now, on the one, the one on the land makes sense. We understand it's for the children. It's tough. it's going to be a teaching point. It's going to be a, a faith point. But and 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 understand that. But this one seemingly makes no sense. Nobody's going to see it. It's invisible. But we know that that which is invisible is greater than that which is visible. The Bible teaches us that principle. So I want you to picture in your mind's eye the Jordan River in the years to come. Being that we are now many years from that, we have the advantage of looking back and not just pretending, but actually knowing what happens in the Jordan River in the years that follow this. And picture this river, down in this river, all covered up is an altar, is a place of sacrifice, is a place of praise, is a place of worship, is a a, a praise down in the valley of the Jordan River that is even there till this day. Hallelujah. You and I both know this to be true. That there are some things that we have been through in our private world that maybe we've never even opened up and shared with others. There are some things that we've experienced in our private place that maybe no one else even knows about. But in that private place, God says, I see what happens here. And what I see happens here, I'm going to reward you publicly for it the principle Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 6 when he tells us that when we are to give a charitable deed that we are to do it in, in secret and anonymous and when we do it that God sees in the secret and rewards us openly. He uses it as well when he talks about our prayer closet, going into our prayer closet and praying there where nobody else is hearing what we're saying but God sees that and hears what happens in the private, private place and rewards us publicly. He also carries it on the fasting that when you fast let your fast be between you and God not something that you are exploiting for others to see and what you do in secret God sees it and will reward it openly you can see this played out in the biblical account if you're looking down the Jordan River not just down the river as the water flows but as you're looking as the timeline flows and you get down to 800 years in 2 Kings you see Elijah pass off the mantle to Elijah you remember that? And when Elisha gets the mantle, he doesn't hold a press conference to tell everybody who's the new prophet in town, who's the new God power in town. He does not take that mantle and do a whirlwind with it and get a lot of attention with it for the crowd to follow him. What does he do, the Bible says? It's a very strange thing, but, but the Spirit of the Lord led him to do it because of what God knows and is teaching us today. He goes to a place. Where's the place? He goes down to the Jordan River. And when he goes down to the Jordan River with just a mantle, just a regular piece of cloth that Elijah had carried, but the Bible says when he takes and smites the Jordan River, that the Jordan River had something in it that activated in a double portion of anointing and glory that was going to be manifested through the presence of God in and through Elisha's life. And then the power of God came upon him. An altar of authentic praise. And it's authentic praise when it comes in the midst of a valley and a dry place and a hard place. We can all praise when we got an extra $10,000 in the bank account, right? If you went and checked your bank account tomorrow and it was the next $10,000, you called the bank and they said, Sir, it's yours. Quit challenging. It's yours. It's easy to praise, right? It's easy to praise when the pain vanishes and you can move in in, in ways you couldn't move before. And you're like, yes, it's easy when you're in the promised land, but what about when there's treachery and there is danger and there is heartache and there is chaos and there's brokenness all around you and the glory of the Lord is open up a way and while it's going down, you don't understand, how can I be going down? I'm supposed to be going up and it's dry. How is it? I'm going to rivers of water and this is a dry place. But in that dry place, Joshua got the Spirit of God and said, you know what? We need to praise God uh, for what He's bringing us through. We need to praise God uh, in this dark place. We need to praise God in this valley. We need to praise God in this low season. We need to praise God. We don't know what's ahead of us, but we know our God uh, is an awesome God. And that which was in the... uh, You might say the valley is that which is authentic. It's authentic. It's hard to praise God when the promises of God seem to be going opposite. Promises of God says, I'm going up, but I'm going down. The promises of God says, a land flowing with milk and honey, but this is a dry place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But Joshua says, you know what? God I love you I'm going to praise you on the high place but I'm going to praise you in the low place I'm going to praise you when the rivers flow and I'm going to praise you when it's dry I'm going to praise you when it's easy and I'm going to praise you when it's hard and God says I see that which takes place in the unseen and I will reward it openly and now 800 years later Elisha says I don't know why but I'm drawn by the Spirit of God to this river there's something in this river that I need to learn from and he smites the water and it activates the glory and the anointing of God for his assignment. Hallelujah. An altar of praise that was meant for God to see, not man. It wasn't a tabernacle or a temple or a cathedral and says, look what we're doing for God. Everybody look what we're doing for God. God said that's important to him because he had them do that. But what really touched the heart of God and said, now that will last forever is what they did in the quiet secret place. Hallelujah an altar of genuine praise that activates the anointing, a memorial, an acknowledgement of God's provision, an acknowledgement of God's power, an acknowledgement of God's promise when it looks like I'm receiving the opposite. Oh, that we could be a people of faith and not be circumstant- let our circumstances rule us and reign us, but let our faith in God rule us and reign us. Let what God has said, let what God has promised be that which we hold on to rather than what we hold on to. So Elisha, he takes the mantle and first thing he does is he he takes it and he smites the water and there's the double portion upon his life. Praise God. Oh, I believe that there is a praise that releases the glory. And I want us to press through our valleys and press through our dry places and press through the hard times and press through when it looks like everything is out of order because of flood season, things have left their boundaries. Boundaries are so, so very important. But when they lose their, lose their boundaries and leave their boundaries, that's when destruction takes place. And, and even in destructive times that we will hold on to the, the God of, our, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We can hold on to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can hold on to the presence and power of the Holy Spirit knowing He will bring us through this flood. He will bring us through this dangerous time. He will bring us through this chaotic time. And that we by faith, rather than being a Thomas and say, when I can see it and I can touch it and I can feel it, then I'll believe. And Jesus says, more blessed is he who believes before he sees it, before he holds it, before he touches it, that we would be like Joshua and say, wait a minute, before we drink of the land of milk and honey, before we eat of the vineyards that we didn't plant, before we move into the cities we didn't build and the homes that we didn't construct, let us praise God now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe this kind of praise activates the anointing. The kind of uh, praise that activates your portion. It will activate your destiny. It will activate the power of God in you to get the assignment of your life done. Please get this. That the altar of praise that you build in the valley of your greatest opposition en route to the promised land. That altar of praise that you build in your prayer closet. That altar prays that nobody else knows about it. Oh, it's good for us to get here and jump around and shout and praise the Lord, do a Psalm 150, the whole thing, the whole nine yards. Nothing wrong with that. God told them to build this where the children can even see it. We need to be praising so that our children say, Daddy, why are you dancing? Daddy, Mommy, why are you shouting? Why are you raising your hand? Instead of slouching back and saying, Our God is an awesome God. You know, our kids say, man, that's boring. That's terrible. Man, there's more fun out there in in the uh, emoji world than that. The fake world, you know, is more fun than this. We need to be be vibrant. We need to be building a memorial that the the children can see. We need to be worshiping God in a way that they know that God is real and God is genuine and He is authentic to us. That needs to be... But we also need to have that time along with God. And if you have that time along with God and your relationship is real, you can't help but brag on Him and praise Him in the public because you know no one else is worthy. No one else is worthy. He deserves all the glory and all the wonder and all the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A praise that activates the anointing. Let it be that which is out in public as well as that which is in the valley of the riverbed in the dry place. Both are very important. He has commanded the external one, right? And free will that responds to the goodness of God and His faith builds it in the secret place. So I say unto you, Pastor Tim has not given instructions for us to gather together as an ecclesia called together as the church. That is not my my instructions to you. Me begging you to come to church should never even be a fault of my mind. God says, bring the stones together. In such a way that there's a demonstration that the children's attention are arrested and their questions come forth. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why do we shout? Why do we lift up hands? Why do we dance? Why do we sing? Why do we give? Why do we pray for one another? Why do we shout? Why do we do this? Because God said, I want you to do this for me. I like it. Read the Bible. Read 150 chapters of just one book and see how much he likes it. See how much he asks for it. See how much he commands it. But he's also left something you might would say is a wild card. He didn't tell us not to do it. But if you want to do it, you can do it. And he's looking back to say, if you're a real deal, you're going to do it. If you really love me, And you ain't just doing some religious show for folks to say, oh, look how spiritual you are. If you really and genuinely trust me, if you really and genuinely want me to be praised and lifted up and magnified. You'll be doing it on your own accord in the secret place. Especially in that valley, that dry place. Oh, let me tell you, it's hard. It's hard. You got to have your mind set upon the Lord and the things of God. You got to be a disciple, which means one who is disciplined. You got to discipline yourself to praise Him. When the water's dried up. You gotta you gotta discipline yourself to praise him when the pain's getting worse. You gotta discipline yourself to praise him when the bank account is getting lower. You gotta discipline him to praise him when everybody's turning their back on you, and it looks like everything's getting worse rather than better. Let me tell you what, you drop a you can drop a heavy thing on your toe, and if you're not disciplined, the old man's gonna bring up some old words that you don't like to say out loud. You gotta discipline yourself to say, Oh God, I thank you. I thank you that you're gonna bring me through this pain and it's going to subside in a few minutes praise God praise God rather than saying things you're like oh my I didn't know that was still in me that's why we're called disciples are you discipling yourself are you under the disciplines that you're going to praise God in the hard time you're going to praise God when it looks like nothing is happening that you wanted it to happen Are you going to praise God that when you put your hand to something, it moves to the right when you meant for it to move to the left? Are you going to praise God when the pain is still evident? Or the loss is still before you? That's the dry place. That's the hard place. But when Joshua built one there, God said, even until this day, that remains, that remains. Hallelujah. So we've got a place here at Christian Embassy where I believe we can activate the anointing. That God has placed a calling on this church. He has an assignment for us as a people of God. And I know it's a global anointing. I know it's an international anointing. I see God anointing us in the glory of God propelling us to do more in Israel than we've ever done before. That we'll do more in Africa and more in Asia and more in Russia and more in South America. I see us reaching more of Europe and more of the Middle East than we have ever done before. I hear God's calling on this house and an anointing that is on this house. It is anointing that God has called us to bring healing to the nations. It's an anointing, an international anointing. It has a healing anointing. It has a soul-saving anointing. It has a disciple-making anointing and a powerful anointing and a prospering anointing and a kingdom of God-advancing anointing. I know God has that on this house and I want to call each and every one of you as Joshua called those leaders of those of 12 tribes, let us not only build a a, a place of worship where we come together publicly, but let us go back into the riverbed, let us go back into the dark place, let us go back into the the valley, let us go back into the dry place and where it is unseen and let us build an altar of praise for God there too because there's an anointing that will come out of that place that will be manifest in through us that we can fulfill by the glory of God the assignment that he has given us Elisha shows us that your portion is activated when it hits praise your anointing is activated when it hits praise your promise is activated when it hits praise that's why the devil has fought our praise that's why the devil has tried to steal your praise that's why the pharisaical spirits have tried to silence you do you hear what I'm saying That's why religious bureaucracy just tries to make unpopular praise unto God. But what can bureaucracy do for us that God can do? Come on now. I don't want... They want to quench what God wants. I want to release what God wants. They want to quiet what God wants. I want to open up and make a sound to what God wants. Uh, They have a a problem with emotional exuberance. But I say God has created us emotional beings uh, and we should be able to shout and praise our God and cry before Him and laugh before Him and love on Him as we are loved on by Him. Hallelujah. Experiential Christianity. Jesus said to those who said, silence this praise. What did Jesus say? If they failed to praise me, the what? The what? What did Joshua put into the river as a sign of praise in a hard time, in that dark time, into that dry time? That the Bible says those rocks remain to this day? Do you think maybe Jesus was pointing and saying, there's an altar that nobody sees. There's an altar of praise where nobody's getting any glory, but it's all about God. uh, That that, the praise is coming forth. You're not going to silence it. Do you hear what I'm saying? The devil's afraid of it. If the devil's afraid of it, I want to do it. The devil's against it. Demons are against it. And if demons are against it, I want to do it. Amen? I believe if we will become people of true praise, praising God not to be seen of men, praising God not to impress anybody, praising God just because He's God, because He is good, because He makes a way where there is no way, uh, because He brings us up out of the valleys, uh, and He brings us through the fire, and He brings us through the flood. uh, I want to worship Him because of who He is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe if we will do that, we will see a divine activation of the glory of God and the anointing of God like we've only dreamt about. The healing anointing of God in you, in here, right now. There's prospering anointing of God in you, in here, right now. There's devil-stomping victory, living anointing in you, in here, right now. There's life-changing, dream-achieving, anointing in you, in here, right now. Come come on now. Can somebody break free of your mess long enough to ascribe some praise and glory and honor that is due unto God? Say, hallelujah! Hallelujah! You are worthy, oh God, to receive all glory. Let's praise His name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going a few minutes over because of Pastor Rudika. I'm going to blame her. She got that anointing to preaching this morning, both services. So I'm just going to go ahead and call her out right now. That's okay. That's okay because I'm having fun. Glory to God. I'm not quite done, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We're landing the plane. We're lowering the altitude. I shared with you guys my several years ago, I think, this special I saw on Discovery Channel. I think it was uh, National Geographic. It was showing a lion and how he grows his kingdom. And he's walking the land and how he stakes it out. And he puts his children there. And his, his, it's not a herd. It's called a pride. Okay, And he's building his pride. And, and then it shows this male lion gets ambushed by his enemy. I know none of you can relate to this. You've never been ambushed by the enemy. Your life has only been peaches and cream, especially since you've come to know Jesus. You've tiptoed through the tulips and you've lived on a bed of roses and it's just been awesome. But if there's anybody tuning in that maybe has had the enemy even use people close to you to turn on you, then you'll understand this story. So, all of his enemy, they unite and they ambush him. And, and, and what they were showing was very graphic. This isn't the picture from that, but what they were showing was much more graphic than this. And the lion is wounded, and, and the narrator is talking you through the program. And he says, The lion is now mortally wounded. And the drum, you know, like, oh my, you're really drawn in. Take it back to the other screen. Don't get ahead of me. Thank you. Thank you. And they show the lion there, he's bleeding punctured lacerations and he's just lying there and and beside him is a little bit of the prey that he had caught for his little ones that he was going to share and and things that he had acquired and and his his pride were 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 gathering around him but the the enemy was coming in ever so closely and the narrator says it doesn't look good for the lion (laughs) you're like no kidding And he goes on and says, the enemy will now take advantage of his disadvantage and finish him off. I said, just like the devil. When I was watching, I said, just like the devil. And the devil, that's what I heard. But he says, and this enemy will come in and take his final possessions. Wow. And it just shows the enemy just crouching in slower and slower. And then the narrator says, this sounds like the devil too. The narrator now becomes the devil. Okay? <laughs> the lion does not have the strength to raise his head. And when he said that I said, "Man, I've been there." I have been there. Any of you've ever been there? Yeah. Where well, you didn't even have the strength to raise your head. The devil had you laying down and it looked like the end. How you know what I'm talking about? You know what you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yes. And the enemy kept coming, and they were positioning themselves to just take him out. The only thing that the lion had left was a roar. And came this, it was painful, but came this deep, low roar. And when he roared, I was watching the program. All of a sudden, every one of the enemy, they turned, and their tail tucked, and they, they fled. They ran with great fear. And the enemy says this, they fled because they know as long as the lion can roar, they cannot take away what belongs to him. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody in here today who is hearing me. Are there any lions in this place today? Are there any one of you in a place today where it looks like you're mortally wounded and you're pained out and you don't know if you got enough to make it through and it looks like the enemy's going to take you out? I say to you today, know that God has made a way where there seems to be no way and that the glory of God can cut off the flood and in your dry place and in your valley, what you need to do is build an altar of praise. You need to let out a roar and say, my God is worthy. My God is good my God is able my God is bringing me through my God and I'm telling you as you begin to praise him the devil may mock you but you cry out the louder I will not be silenced I will not back down I'm praising God I'm ushering in the glory of God I'm ushering in the presence of God I lift up my voice and I lift up my countenance and I praise him hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Come on let God arise and His enemies be scattered. Come on let God arise and His enemies be scattered. Come on I say Let God arise and the enemy be scattered. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. 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 Give me three more minutes. Three more minutes. Just just hang with me. Authentic, genuine praise activates the anointing and releases the glory. Authentic, genuine praise lifts the burden and destroys the yoke. Authentic, genuine praise is qualified as authentic and genuine Because it's not done to be seen by the show of men. It's not even done as a teaching example to the children. It's done down in a valley, in a low place, in a painful place, in a dry place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what you do down there, God says, even though nobody sees it, I see it. And it will remain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now get this. If you were to get into the Gospels in Matthew 3, we're looking at 1,500 years after Joshua put that there, okay? And Jesus comes to Galilee. Out of Galilee comes a John. You remember the Scripture? And He comes to John what? At the where? At the Jordan. He comes to John at the Jordan to be baptized by Him. And John tries to prevent him saying, Man, I need to be baptized by you. You want me to baptize you? And Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill righteousness. Jesus says, You don't understand, John. There is something that man can't see. My Father sees. It's in this river. And He says, And when we come to touch base with that authentic, genuine praise that came in a valley in a dry time and a treacherous time, uh, it activates something in me. So Jesus for 30 years never did a miracle. For 30 years He's the Messiah. But there's no anointing, lifting burdens and destroying yokes. But! But! Read it. When he was baptized, verse 16, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, what happened? Now the heavens were open to him. Jesus, the Bible says, as Jesus was, so shall you be. I'm telling you how to get the heavens open to you. I'm telling you how to get the anointing activated in you. I'm telling you how to get the glory of God flowing through you. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him and suddenly a voice from heaven said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Yes. Jesus went into the Jordan. The same river. Joshua placed those stones of praise. Authentic, genuine praise when it hurts. When the promise is not fulfilled. And what took place had never had taken place in Jesus' life for 30 years. Immediately. 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 Somebody's going to get your immediate... Somebody's going to get your immediate. Somebody's going to get your media. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, this goes all through the Bible. You go back to Naaman. And Naaman goes to Elisha with his leprosy. And what, is, what, is, what does Elisha say? Go down to the river Jordan. And dip how many times? And Naaman, I ain't going to that muddy water of the Jordan. Are you crazy? I, look at my man. I'm a man of prestige and power. And his servant said, If he told you to do something great, you would have done that. This servant is being led by the Spirit of the Lord, says, You need to humble yourself and get down because there's something there. Yes, right. And he dipped seven times, and his skin is renewed like that of a baby. Hallelujah. Yeah. Elisha's building the school of the prophets. They got a borrowed axe, and they're out there, and there's one guy. He's just swinging that thing so hard. Well, <laughs> Mark, you probably had some workers that broke some of your tools. They just get a little. <laughs> The axe head went into the water. And Elisha comes. They said, the borrowed axe head. Very heavy. Falling into the water. What water did it fall into? The river Jordan. Elisha takes a stick. Boy, there's a sign of the cross. And said, the cross is coming to do change things. And what happened in this water, is when this cross comes, it's going to make it available to everybody. And he touches the water. And the axe head floats. Isn't that what the Bible says? Now that we've got the cross, now that the the stick that Jesus hung on, the tree that He hung on, that brought the curse off of us onto Him, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, so that the blessing may come on us, that the activation may come on us. Hallelujah. Heavy things float. Lost things are found. And prophetic purpose is launched. Because there was in the valley and dry and treacherous time in that river. There was a Joshua whose name is Jesus in Hebrew. There was a prefigure of Jesus that says, oh, let's praise our Father. Let's praise Him before we get healed. Before we get delivered. Before we get set free. Before our family comes up out of the struggle. Let's believe Him now. And we're just going to believe him so much we're going to work and set up a memorial in a place that nobody else is going to ever see it and god goes i see it and i'll preserve it that even under this day it's still there and if you fail to praise my son those rocks are crying out they're praising him but if you will join in to that altar and that sacrifice of praise he says i'll see what you do as well.'" I pray that this week will be a week where you set up in your lowest place. I'm telling you, every one of us probably got an area of struggle, an area of flood, an area of pain, an area of unfulfilled promises. Yet I want us to go in, in the lowest place of our life and not to wallow and whine and take on a victim mentality and try to get the story to make everybody has pity on us because we're worse off than everybody else. But I want us to get down in that low place and say, You, Jesus, You, Father God, You, Holy Ghost, You've reached down from heaven into the lowest depth of this earth. Your, your arm is not short that it cannot reach. And I am believing You that in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this valley, I'm going to praise You for Your healing. I'm going to praise you for deliverance. I'm going to praise you for provision. I'm going to praise you for turnaround. I'm going to praise you for breakthrough. I'm going to praise you for next level. I'm going to praise you before I see it. I'm going to praise you in my pain. I'm going to praise you through my pain. I'm going to praise you now because I know you're worthy, God. And in the place of praise, of authentic, genuine worship, God says, from there, I will activate an anointing and I will release a glory to bring you to the next level of that which you have promised by me. Hallelujah. Let us stand together. Hallelujah. Father, we stand in Your presence. We thank You, God, for Your Word. We thank You, God, that we today can can take by free will and do something that blesses and pleases You so much that Your reflex reaction to it is You're going to show Yourself all strong and mighty. Hallelujah! That, Lord God, we can go out of here today and where it looks like it's empty, we know it's full because You have promised to fill it. And Lord God, where it looks like there's no way of of escape, we know we're free because even if you have to reach into an inner cell at the midnight hour where there's authentic, genuine praise coming up out of the lips of someone like Paul and Silas who have lost everything, who've lost their freedom, who've lost their strength, who's been beaten, who has been chained, who's been put in bonds and who is behind prison bar, ankle deep, knee deep in the sewers of the city, but yet they said, I'm in the valley. I'm in the low place of life. I've done nothing wrong I was only ministering but I'm in a low place the enemy has turned against me and those I was ministering to turned against me but in this low place I know what Joshua did in the bed of the Jordan River works so in the middle of their lowest place they begin to praise God and God says what nobody else can see I can see and what nobody else can hear I can hear and that's the real deal that's the genuine worship and God couldn't help but intervene and shake the foundations of that prison and the anointing of God broke the church chains and broke the bonds and opened the prison doors and brought them out for kingdom advancement and the same is for you here today. In your midst of your pain praise Him. Worship Him. Draw closer to Him. Don't draw away from Him. Don't blame Him. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. And He's the God who can take touch release, activate and cause His mighty kingdom work and His glory to flow in you and through you to advance His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Just say to Him right now, God, I'm Yours. I love You, Lord. Just go and tell Him, I love You, Lord. Lord, I'm committing myself to You. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never called upon Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the way. He's the only way. You say, I don't like that. Well, I I didn't write it. It's what Jesus said. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. So if you've never come to Jesus, you've never come to the Father, and you're not born again. And it's not God's plan for you not to be born again. It's His will that none should perish. But everyone would have everlasting life. But if you've not called on the name of Jesus, the Bible says you cannot be saved. The Bible says that we must surrender to His Lordship and confess His Lordship over our life and believe that God has raised Him from the dead for the salvation, the sozo, the healing, deliverance, the fulfillment, the provision, and even the eternal blessing that God has for us. Sozo is ours when we confess His Lordship. Maybe you've never confessed His Lordship or you maybe have at one time and maybe you're not sure if you're operating and living under His Lordship or you took the reins back. Let's just make a recommitment right now or a first time commitment let's just pray it out loud every one of us Jesus, Jesus Son of the living God Savior of the world Lamb of God Lily of the valley the bright and the shining star I come to you now I confess with my mouth you're my Lord I surrender to you Jesus I give you my life I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my body. I surrender to you. I want to live for you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your word. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, I confess, you're my Lord. Because I believe God has raised you from the dead you are alive now come live in me in Jesus name I pray there's some of you just prayed that for the first time let me tell you what God says he takes and writes our name in the Lamb's book of life when we confess his lordship and believe that God has raised him from the dead there's some of you that maybe got off course got off track and you got back on track today let's all rejoice in the fact that God is through his grace has given us an opportunity to write ourselves before Him through His provision, through His sacrifice, through His atonement, and through His gift, and through His amazing grace. Let's say, thank you, Lord. Come on, just tell Him, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Now, Father, I pray over each and every one here today, God, as we go into this this day and this evening and this week, that they would have been so stirred by your word and the revelation and the illumination of that which you by your spirit has brought, that they will see the importance, the necessity that they must find in the lowest places of their life, that they build an altar of authentic, genuine praise, that we begin to praise you. And that praise is what's gonna activate your supernatural power to bring us up out of that into what you have created us for and what you've created for us lord i pray that each and every one would be challenged this day holy spirit hold us to the challenge that we would go and we would build that altar that is not seen of men but is seen of you father that will last forever now i pray god that you would fill us with your spirit oh you need to ask him church every day Holy Spirit, if if I'm doing anything that quenches you, if I'm doing anything that grieves you, show it to me because I want to be filled and refilled. I want to be that temple of the Holy Spirit filled, overflowing. My cup runneth over. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you. I need you to fill every part of my life. I need you to fill my emotions and fill my mind and fill my intellect and fill my body and fill my organs and fill my spirit, man. Fill me, fill me every bit, spirit, soul, and body with your presence and your power and your anointing Hallelujah. hallelujah glory to god right before we close in this prayer we're going to ask our prayer ministers if they would come and make themselves available if you've asked jesus to come into your heart for the first time or you need prayer for want somebody to pray a prayer of agreement with you for healing or deliverance or anything that maybe you want to bring before the Lord and have somebody join with you our prayer ministers are going to be up here and for time's sake we need for you to go ahead and step out if you will and come just meet with them right here at this altar these ministers of the gospel they are they are full of the spirit of God and ready to join with you in faith and and believe God and trust God for the fulfillment of his plan for your life so if you need prayer would you come or would you come and just pr- let them pray with you and father we thank you for this opportunity we've had here today god And now as we go into this week, God, we feel challenged and we feel prepared by your word to be propelled into your purpose, Lord God. So, Lord, I pray by the power of your spirit, you'd go with each and every one of us. And, Lord God, that you would, as they go, you would also remain here at this altar, Lord God, for these prayer ministers, Lord, for the prayer that's taking place here now. And, Lord God, that whatever is done, let it be done for your glory and for your honor and for your praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah.